Welcome everyone to Overcome Podcast episode 41. And continue the trend of uh, interviewing judokas. Uh, last time we, we talked with Nina that she was just about to go to the Olympics. And now we're going to talk with a former Olympic uh, from 2008 USA judo team, Ryan Reeser. Ryan, thank you very much for your time today, man. Yes, sir. Thanks for having me. Right. It's funny because today I was actually reading an article that was published um, exactly August 14, 2009. It, it was posted on uh, TeamUSA.org. It's an interview with you. It's called Ryan Reeser, Hungry for More. I'm not sure if you remember this article, but it was published exactly on this day in 2009. <laughs> no way, uh, yeah, not, I don't remember that, man. I think I've had too many- uh, Too many too articles, many, yes. Too many chokes and throws on the head. <laughs> yeah, but uh, it's interesting because um, you said something on this article towards the, is actually the last paragraph. Quote, the closing ceremony was a little sad because it was the end of something I worked so hard for. It's kind of a, like a closure for everything that happened during the games. I gave me a burning desire to work hard and come back to experience all that in London. So you actually left Beijing thinking about London, right? I did. Yeah, I had a lot of mixed emotions, you know. Um, gave 28, well, I was 28 at the time, so I guess you know, a large portion of my life to making an Olympic team and bringing back an Olympic medal. Um, and that was something that, um, that I struggled with. <laughs> it was, I can't imagine. I can't yeah. Imagine. I mean, cause at that time you're number one, you know, you've put in all this work, but, um, a, a, another quad is it's, it's a serious commitment. Um, and my big worry was not that I didn't want to do it. I love judo and I love competing and, and I, and I didn't get that medal, so I really wanted to come back for another four, but I also wanted to make sure that I didn't take somebody else's spot that, you know, that was, was more serious about it if I mm. wasn't going to give it my 100%. And you were coming from a really good uh, phase. You won the 2007 uh, PAN against a Brazilian, uh, Leandro Guilherme, right? Yes, sir. Uh, so you were in a really good momentum at that time. Yeah, yeah, and I felt great. Um, I I did have a some mental drag and some physical drag just because you put so much into it, you know, mm -hmm. um, that I just wasn't sure if I could if I could continue at that same pace for another four years. Um, mm -hmm. And then also at that time, it's it's your job and it's super stressful. Uh, but you do think about, hey man, I want to start a family, you know, I want to start a career, that type of stuff. Um, and it does play in the back of your mind as well because I love judo but there's a life after and yeah. you also have to have you know be, be cognizant of that as well now you you touch a really important point and during this olympics we uh, there was a lot of discussion about that which is the psychological aspect of the athlete and you just mentioned a lot of stress yep. so as a as a former professional athlete uh what type of le what level of stress are you talking about because now you have a job you have you know uh, uh, a career and you also have stress so how do you differentiate between you know the athlete type of stress of the stress that you have today in your career it's it's very similar you know I think it's um, a lot of the stress that I had was I brought on myself I mean there's a lot of outside stresses as well you know obviously judo being not such a big sport um, funding is always a big stressor, family and relationships, uh, a lot of sacrifice outside of judo, injuries, that type of stuff. Um, but towards the end, it's 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 a job. Every match is a must win, you know, and it's not, mm -hmm. it doesn't lose, it's always fun, but at the same time, there's that seriousness with it as well and, and consequences of not hitting your goals and not, and not winning the matches that you need to win. Um, and now that I'm working, I see, I, I, I put myself in the same stress. <laughs> You know, because uh, what I do in my career, I take a lot of passion for. Right. You know, I, I'm not just working to work. Um, you know, I, I have to provide for my family. I have to, I want to leave a legacy. Um, what I do now is in sales, but I, I do the same, man. I like to coach and help people. And, yeah. and I take that seriously, you know. So I, I put the same amount of stress, I think, on my day-to-day -day that I did in the Olympics. Yeah, because uh, I, I think it was overwhelmed, and I think right after the 
the documentary that uh, Michael Phelps brought up about the, the, the weight of gold and things like that, talking about depression. Uh, and people are starting to talk more and more about the psychological aspect of, uh, of an athlete. And it looks like you experienced that firsthand back in the day, right? Yeah, and I think now that it's coming to light, you know, I think back then I didn't know. It was just, hey, this is what it is, mm -hmm. you know, and you deal with it or you don't. <laughs> you know, so um, there wasn't a lot of training or coaching or, or resources for that. So it wasn't anything that I, I, I really knew about. But now I'm, I'm starting to see and look back and said, yeah, man, I, you know, I, I probably could have benefited from some education on it. Mm -hmm. um, and it, it might have made a difference in my performance. It might not have, you know, but at least it, it would have been there. But today you are way more experienced in life in, in, in many different aspects. You competed before, uh, after the Olympics, you did some uh, other matches. What would you, what you, you wish you knew at that time that you know today uh, that you think will improve your performance in the mat, on the mats? Um, I wish I would have taken a lot more negative outside of my life. You know, I think I did a pretty good job building a, a team of, of people that I knew would help me. Um, but I, I still had some people around that were a little bit negative, um, which kind of, it does feed into, you You know, yeah. even if you, you say it doesn't, it's on some level it does. So I think that's what have been my bigger piece is just separate yourself from, from those negative people that aren't on the same path as you and don't have the same mm -hmm. mindset. Right. Um, and, and I also wish I would have done a little bit more with mentoring. Um, I had a lot of big brothers and a lot of great coaches and that type of thing. I just don't know if I uh, use them enough. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. As far as training, would you change anything? Did you ever uh, felt that you were overtraining or not really? Uh, what would you change? Um, probably go overseas more, which is tough because it's uh, you have that financial you know, Aspect. obstacle there. Yes, it's hard. You know, every time you go overseas, you're it's five to ten grand, and mm -hmm. and you're missing school, you're missing work, and you're missing these other things that, um, again, they aren't necessarily on the Olympic path, but on the, you know, other side of my life, <laughs> that's it's very important as well. Um, but there were just weren't enough partners here, you know. So I just wish I would have uh, taken more advantage of going to Japan, going to different countries, and and spending some time there. It's, it's interesting how we are doing so well. For example, the last Olympic in wrestling um, and um, judo, we still not there yet, right? What, right. Why do you think there is this discrepancy so, so big between sports like wrestling and, and judo? Um, again, I, th I think for us in the, in the States, um, we, you know, USA Judo, I think they're doing a great job. Um, I think we maybe need a little bit more planning with with each athlete, of our top athletes. A lot of it is it's still up to individuals to decide their path. Hey, do I want to go train in Japan? Do I want to, you know, um, hit this training camp or that? Or that? Um, I know, for example, when I was in Holland, band they had central training, and it was once a month. They all get together, top five, and and they fight, and they all become better. Even though they're competitors within their own country, it makes the whole country better. Mm -hmm. um, again, I know that states is hard because we're a lot bigger, <laughs> so it's hard to get together once a month for that. Um, but I think as far as maybe just a little bit more planning with each individual athlete, maybe top five on on how to hey here's how we're going to get to the next level. Mm -hmm. um, I think that would help quite a bit, and just more teamwork. You know, we're, I, I still and we were just as bad as anybody else but it was the OTC and it was San Jose and it was Jimmy's and it was some different places um, instead of USA Judo as a whole right right uh, do you also think that the fact that wrestling is growing so much and achieving uh, such a great position is because of the investment in university and school well, I mean it's, it's something that if, if you start at school you can actually get it a scholarship in college, right? But we don't have that for judo. We don't. I would, that was something I would love to see. Um, and I've thought about that for years. I just, I'm not quite sure how we can make that happen, you know? Um, mm -hmm. But that, I think that would be huge for our sport. You know, obviously, I think some of the UFC and MMA uh, connections with judo have 
driven some people to our sport, at least shed some light on it. Um, but the schools, or if we can catch the kids young, and, and also have the grassroots and the funding and the and the different things to the resources to help them, then I think you're right, man. That would be huge for us. Yeah, and I think that even uh, the growth of uh, BJJ also helped in some way uh, judo because if you notice, I'm not sure if you watched the Olympics, but there were a lot of matches that it was uh, decided on the ground. Nawaza. Yes. Yes, and uh, I noticed that the Japanese team is working a lot on Nawaza. <laughs> yeah, and there's a lot more time allowed. You know, I think uh, it's always been there as an aspect of judo. I just don't know um, if they've allowed uh, people to work that angle a lot. Yeah, I, I keep uh, because uh, the Brazilian team did pretty well, but I've seen some matches where we lost on the ground, and and I was uh, listening to an interview from. Flavio Canto, he said, we should never lose on the ground. A, a Brazilian judoka should never lose on the ground because, I mean, we are we, we have Brazilian jiu-jitsu. We should not lose on the ground. <laughs> It's true, though. You know, that's part of my game I wish I would have paid more attention to, for sure. And that was before BJJ really became as prevalent as it, as it is today. Um, when you were at uh, at in, in preparation for, for the Olympics, what was really... Uh, the most challenging aspect aside from the, the financial aspect and the funds and everything, but from the, the mindset perspective, what was really the most challenging thing for you? Um, you know, I think just having a good plan, knowing when to, um, our trials were so late um, in the season compared to a lot of the other ones. So knowing when to peak, staying healthy, um, and even having a plan for, for guys that gave me trouble. Uh, and we did a pretty good job of that. I just think there's a little some more things I could have done a little bit better with that for sure. You you mentioned something that uh, I've I've heard many times people talking about this, which is be at your peak. Uh, I actually uh, saw during the Olympics some folks that were world champion lost at the Olympics, and then the commentator was saying, "Well, he peaked at the world champion. Now in the Olympics, he's doing worse." Right. How how that how can you actually achieve the words and then you go down the hill from that point to lose the Olympics? So, uh, explain that. <laughs> well, that's the beauty and the beast about judo, man. Um, anybody can win on any day. You definitely have your favorites who are just legends and monsters on the mat. But I've seen many guys who were supposed to lose end up pulling out a medal. You know, so that's the that's the crazy part um, on the mat. But definitely off the mat as well. It's it's it is a lot about strategy, right? Strategics. It's it's being able to man. Is my my weight's good? Uh, am I healthy? Am I injury free? Am I peaking at the right time? Because if one thing is off, your day's done. You know, and that's uh, there's a lot of science involved, and a lot of countries are are you know have the, that that science down, and it shows. Yeah. That's very. Uh, uh, no one was expecting Teddy to to lose, uh, and and was very surprised. Everyone was surprised with uh, Teddy losing that one. It, it was it was a crazy match, but it's hard for him. You know, I, I'm sure it's you, you're expected to win. You win so many matches, and you're the king. And I mean, it's it's hard to be on every match, every tournament for years and years. You know. Yeah, yeah. It's a tough I, spot to be. I was talking to Nick uh, Del Popo about this. He said, yeah. unless you are Ono, <laughs> Ono, you know, it's, uh, it's unbeatable. I mean, he, he got the, on the team uh, a competition, uh, Awazaria, against him, but it was very unique. Yep. But uh, the guy is uh, unbelievable. Yeah, there's not a lot like him. Um, I would have liked to put my hands on him just to <laughs> – it would have been fun just to, just to feel it, you know. And, and you are lefty, right? I saw some of your matches uh, uh, the the other day that I was watching uh, on YouTube. You you always, uh, at least the ones that I saw, most of them was the Katagoroma. Uh, is it, your uh, main throw, right? It is, yeah. And you know, mine was kind of unique because I grew up as a righty, um, and then I started being able to throw both sides. And then uh, at about probably 15, 16, my dad and I. He said, "Man, you got to pick a side 
because you're starting to grip left and stand right and you know um which can be done it just needs to be done correctly so we we looked at the competition out there and said you know what there's not a lot of lefties out there let's let's just switch now oh wow Um, yeah so we we were able to do that so it, it was nice man you know um I didn't come up against a lot of lefties, but when I did, it was trouble for me. So there was a kind of a double-edged sword. Uh, on a righties, I was fantastic, but I came up against Jimmy or Chuck or you know Jefferson and obviously Pedro, and uh, it's hard because you don't come up against a lot of lefties. But so, but would you were you able to switch, uh, or once you became left, you never switch anymore? Um, so the whole idea was primarily as a lefty. And then have some throws to the right side, or if you really get shut down by somebody and you need to switch, then I can go to the right. But I try not to switch left and right because it's too complicated with with grips and movement and different things and the fast pace uh, to really switch your left and right stance. Right, right, and then it, it it probably messes up all your whole strategy as well, right? It does. It does. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, but do you think it's important to train both sides, or you? rather focus on training and be good in one side um well you know that old adage of you know the guy that's great does one kick ten thousand times or you know that type of thing i think it's great to definitely train as your side you're a lefty um but my whole idea is i want to have a thousand different ways to throw you you know so mm-hmm. i did have my one or two like you said the kataruma tegaruma different things obviously you know, after, before 2008, um, before they switched the rules. But I also wanted to make sure that, um, you know, I had a lot of different things in my pocket that I could use if needed, um, if you shut down those few moves. Um, my old sensei was in Dallas, his, um, Vince Tamura. And what I loved about his training was we had a list of throws, probably 30, 40 throws. And oh, wow. we would go over them every day. And we would learn them every day. Um, 30 throws I, every day. Yeah, well, pretty much. And usually summertime leading up to junior nationals and different things. But um, every every week we would we would focus on one, and then nationals in the summertime we would go over a list every day of different throws, and it just opened up a, a lot of different ways to throw my opponent. You know, so that it wasn't me pushing one throw; it was actually looking for opportunity and being able to, you know, take advantage because I was had practiced the different throws. Yeah, and one thing that uh, I, I noticed also during the Olympics, at least with Teddy, is he changed a little bit his game because I think he people were already know, very aware of what he used to do, and he did a lot of his sumigaishi, which, is, yes. which was pretty rare. He was not doing that before. Yes, which is nobody expected that. You're right. Yeah. Um, which, which, but you have to, I think, with him because he's got a target on his back. <laughs> you know, everybody's mm-hmm. studying him. Um, for them, that beating him is is like an olympic gold and now he has a a, a big challenge he must win in in, in paris because probably going to be his last olympics yeah so the pressure is talk about stress i think that one will be a very stressful you know i think it will but i think he's probably re-energized you know because again it's like everybody's looking at when's he going to lose and when's when's that loss going to come you know so i think it probably came at a great time because now he's you know he's not invincible and he doesn't have all that pressure it happened whatever happened happened and now it's the slate is clean even though he's still king right the slate mm-hmm. is clean so now he can go back to work and, and a little a little pressure is off i think yeah that's a good point that's a good point although although he will be competing at home adds a, yes. a little bit more pressure but <laughs> also helps him to energize motivate him probably yeah you see that a lot don't you a lot of the home countries they you know, even guys, not not speaking of him, but even guys that, that haven't placed before, home co- it's in their home country and they, they find that energy. Yeah, J- J- Japan. Japan was a great example. I mean, it's, they, are, they are great, but they did yes. just an amazing job at the, at the individuals, uh, that's for sure. Um, I asked this question I, when I interview uh, Roddy, when I interview uh, Jimmy. Uh, I'm going to ask you as well because I think it's important to uh, to have a different perspective. To really develop and improve your judo is more important to focus on randori or uchikomis. <laughs> Ooh, that's a you know that's a good question. Um, 
<laughs> That's a great question. Um, I would probably say Ron Dory, but what I will say a little bit more focused is uh, aside from one versus the other is going into each practice with a plan, you know, because I mean, we've done thousands of thousands of rounds of Rondori and thousands of Uchikomis. Um, and a lot of times people get a little bit complacent. It's just movement, boom, 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 boom. And they're not really focusing or they don't have a plan on what they're trying to get out of practice, whether it is Randori or it is Uchikomis. Mm. You know, so I think that's more important is... Um, have, a I, I like, have a purpose, right? Go to a Randori with a purpose to execute something. Yep, or even Uchikomis, same thing. Hey, you know what? Uh, I mean, whatever your focus is, whether it is Rondo or Uchikomis, but, you know, hey, I lost to this guy last time, or hey, I, my last Uchimata, here's what was wrong with it, I'm going to fix it. And here's, what I'm, here's my goal tonight is I'm going to hit only Uchimatas in practice. Hmm. And I'm going to tell my guy, hey, I'm just going to do Uchimatas. Because <laughs> if I can throw you and you know what I'm, that I'm going to try to throw you, you know, then it, that's then a it's, good deal. Yeah. Because yeah. you, if you know it's coming, you're still unable to prevent, and then it's a good execution. Yep, and it, and it focuses your brain. Um, but also writing it down. I mean, just having a, you know, I, th I think that's with anything in life, not only judo, but even now I use it every day in work. I don't want to just go into a sales call and, and not have a purpose, you know. Right. So it's just, I use the same thing even today. Um, and my brother and I, he used to train at the training center as well, and we would have contests. Hey, what's your goal tonight? My goal is foot sweeps, <laughs> you know. And then whoever hit their goal, hey, I'm gonna. You gotta buy me ice cream. Gotta buy me a beer. Whatever it is, right? <laughs> and we we would have fun with it because that's a big aspect too. Is you can't lose the the fun piece. It it's work and it's focus work, um, but you have to celebrate your victories, yeah. no matter how big or small. And and also the other thing is, and this is uh, something that um someone told me once when you go to to Randar you really cannot be afraid of getting troll because if you are all defensive all the time you're not able to execute what you're not able to attack because you are yeah. so stiff and defensive that you're not able to attack right oh 100% um, and actually the 2007 Pan Am Games my first two rounds um, after I pulled off Eddie Eddie Liddy my coach pulled me off and said hey man what's what's going on you look a little stiff You know, and I told him, I'm like, well, this is a, a huge tournament and a lot of pressure. And he was like, I could, he basically, his his message to me was, you look like you're fighting not to lose, right? Oh, you yeah, know? yeah, yeah. That's a great, great point. Yeah, and that's what it was. And then my next three rounds were a lot better because I was like, yeah, you're right, man. If I lose, I lose. But I'd rather fight my match, you know, and same with Rondori. Um, it does you no good to not get thrown for a round. You know, because anybody can stiff arm and anybody can defend and not get thrown by somebody. But are you really doing judo? <laughs> are you really improving? Yeah. You know, and getting something out of that round because in the end of it, in, the, in a quad, you only have so many rounds and so much time to improve, you know. And Randori usually is the time that you have that you can take risk, right? Because it's training. So you can, yes. can risk more. That and fighting as many tournaments as possible, you know, as um, after an athlete, I, I became a coach and that was my biggest struggle was getting my athletes to go to any tournament. You know, there's a local one in, you know, right down the road, fight, you know, and a lot of them were same, same idea. I don't want to lose, you know, people laugh if I lose at a local tournament. I was like, man, it doesn't matter. <laughs> it's, it's not a, It's a, it's not a sprint, right? We're looking at a marathon. It's we're looking for this extended period, um, the end goal, not today's goal. And how did you ever had problems with uh, nerves, getting nervous, and, and like freeze during during the match? And how how do you handle that? Yep, I never really froze during a match, but I was always nervous, um, and I like that because I think if you're nervous, um, it, it means you're you're present, right? Um, I think once you lose the nerves, maybe because you're you're too good or you've had too many winning streaks or whatever it is, um, then I don't think you're, you're focused on the match, right? Um, I, I think being nervous is, is a good thing because it, it, it makes you plan, it makes you, um, well, let me, let me back up. The only time I've ever been nervous that I didn't like it is when <laughs> I didn't prepare. 
because oh, it, okay. it happens, you know, it does happen. Whether it's weight cut, I waited till last minute and I had to cut 20 pounds, you know. Yeah. I know I'm not at my optimal. I can beat the, I know I can beat this guy, but I didn't do what I was supposed to do to prepare. Um, yeah. So that's when nerves are bad. I think any other time, man, I, I welcome them because it kind of heightens your senses and, and helps you prepare. Yeah, and, and, and you mentioned a good point about uh, awareness. It's just when you are, I, I think that when you are nervous, you are more aware of the movements, you are more alert. If you are too relaxed, sometimes you don't see things coming. Yeah, that's exactly right. That's exactly right, yeah. Now, there is a sweet spot to be. You, you don't want to be nervous to the point that you freeze and you forget things, right? Because that's, that's too much. Yeah, but, and it goes back to that point. I think, I mean, different people, right, have different reactions. Um, but I think that usually happens when you know that you didn't do something to prepare. That's when you really are that nervous where you freeze because if not, man, um, so I even mean, so. even your athletes as a coach, you never seen an athlete of yours like very nervous to the point that he was just not able to execute. We have, and then I think the in order to kind of remedy that, um, I mean, our big thing and my big thing when I was an athlete and as in into coaching was you're going to be prepared for everything, right? So I'm going to put you in positions that you don't want to be in in practice. Okay, now you're behind by Wazari, 10 seconds left, go. You know, you have this grip that you don't like, you're being bent over, go. You know, that way I, I want to make sure I cover all the bases so that you don't get in a position in a match that we haven't been in. You know, you shouldn't be nervous because we've been there a hundred times. Yeah. Yeah, that's a, that's a good, good point. So may, may, that's why, as you said, it's important also to compete a lot because yep. it, it seems like as more you compete and you are exposed to that pressure situation, it, it gets a little better over time. It does, and, and you don't get as nervous, right? I mean, if you're only competing twice a year and you have to win, man, that's tough. But if yeah. I'm competing every weekend, you know, then you know what? It's... It's like you're walking down the street. I don't even have to think about left, right, left, right with my feet. I do it every day, mm -hmm. you know, and, and it's something normal to me. It's like you, if you just do one sales call a month, yep. yeah. <laughs> you know, you are all nervous because you have to close that deal. <laughs> exactly, right? And you, and you don't know what to say because you haven't practiced it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, it's, uh, it's good. But, uh, and this is something that uh, I think Jimmy also mentioned that, People say that gets better over time, but you always have that nervous feeling, even if you are extremely experienced. And this is, as you said, it's important to, to, to have that. It is. And your goals get bigger, you know, if you're doing it right. Um, mm -hmm. So it's something new, you know, because now it's like, okay, I'm on the national team. And now I'm, I'm at the Pan Am Games and I'm at the World Championships. And so there's always those new experiences that you have. Um, in different countries and or, or hey you know what I'm injured and now I got to fight or I'm sick I mean there's always something that comes up right yeah. um, so that's it's important to to train like what are you pretty healthy throughout your uh, athlete career from the injury perspective or you had some some major problems no I was pretty healthy man uh, biggest thing I, I used to get tumors every once in a while so I had some small things like that um but never fracture never anything with a shoulder or a knee or you know no no major injury at all no no major injuries um that 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 really sidelined me a couple of high ankle sprains you know random stuff like that my back i mean i had stuff like everyday people but nothing nothing that took me out for an extended period of time so what is the secret to stay healthy doing judo because i mean most of the people that i know are somehow broke at some point <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I think I got lucky. I grew up playing soccer. Um, so for me, I know our biggest injury in judo, at least everybody I know, are knees, you know, mm -hmm. ACLs, MCLs, all that stuff. So um, I think growing up playing soccer kind of helped me out. And I was pretty limber, too, as far as um, as far as my knees and, and, and stuff like that. So I, I think that helped me out quite a bit. Um, and then also, you know, having a good coach and 
that can read you as an athlete is big as well because you definitely need to train injured to a to a certain degree so that if that happens you're prepared but but you can overtrain you know and you could push yourself to where you can't compete and i think that's important too is having somebody there that can say hey get on the mat when you don't want to or vice versa if you're pushing through something and they can see that you're going to get injured they can say hey man hold back we're going to skip this tournament because these other five are more important uh your routine were uh five days a week training or or more than that um we were doing pretty much five days a week judo um we did a split cardio and weight training uh, two two days a week of cardio well pretty much two days a week of weight training and then we always trying to do some active active recovery if that's what you want to call it but you know let's go play basketball let's go do the incline in colorado springs Let's go do something fun that's still active. Yeah. Um, as well. And you were lightweight uh, during your whole career, right? I was. Yeah, I was a small kid growing up, but when I hit the senior, um, I was 60 kilos for one year. Did two tournaments at 66, and then pretty much the rest at 73. Oh, so you were the same division as Nico Del Popo, 73. I was. Yep. Yep. And I, I, I might have gone up to 81, um, but my brother was 81 kilos, and we were both trying to make a run. So that, that's really what kept me <laughs> down at 73, which probably is where I should have been anyway. Yeah, because you probably didn't have problems cutting weight, did you? Not if I did it right. You know, it took me a little bit, like everybody else, I think, it's, that's young to pay attention and, and, you know what, to understand that cutting 20 pounds that week is, is not a good thing, <laughs> you know, and why do all this work and spend all this money and time to, you know, to handicap yourself like that by cutting weight improperly. So, um, as I w became an older athlete, I was, I was a lot better at it for sure. Yeah. And how many years did you practice judo, uh, Ryan? I mean, when did, when did you start uh, early on? Yep. I started when I was five. So I started in, in 85. Um, And then uh, we moved to Texas around that time as well. So seven, seven, eight years old. And then since then, I've been going strong. And when did you believe you would be able to, to go to the Olympics? You always, have, you always have that goal or it was something that was getting more mature as you start to winning more tournaments and you were like, you know what, I can do this. Yeah, you know, to be honest, man, um, I'd love to say that I've been wanting to be an Olympian since I was a little kid, but um, I, I didn't. I mean, and I didn't not want to. I just didn't have that exposure to it, and I just enjoyed, you know, mixing it up with people <laughs> and, and and going to tournaments with my family. I was lucky enough to. We lived in Texas, and we drove everywhere, man. We went to Oklahoma and Louisiana, and it was an adventure every weekend, you know. So that was fun for us and we were pretty good at it my brother and sister and I and and I was lucky to have my mom and dad as a support system to do that and then I just saw it as something where I could go see the the, the world you know go go see different opportunities and and then get a fight and then I think once I met uh, my brother went up to the Olympic Training Center um, in 96 and um, we came up to visit and I met Eddie and I saw the training center and I think that's when I really You know, I was 16, and I really kind of said, hey, you know what? This would be a path I'd like to go on. Um, and I was able to start traveling to, to Europe and different places as a junior. And it was fun, man. I loved it. Why do you think that the, the level of judo in Europe is so high? I mean, they have so many good uh, judo players. They do, you know. And, you know, I think it's the proximity for them. Um, And they also send their juniors to a lot of the higher level tournaments, even though they, they know that most of them are probably going to get, you know, or not have a gonna, not going to have a great result, but they're going to have that exposure. And then they get to go to the camps with Ono and all these guys that are just, you know, monsters. And um, the people who do stick with it and make it are, are going to be that much better. So I think it's just the exposure yeah. and being able to hit those high level tournaments and camps week after week after week um and let's be honest man i i love the u.s but a lot of our former athletes and i'll, I'll even throw myself in there included don't stick around to coach yeah you know so we have all these talented people that um aren't 
know, uh, giving back, not giving back. I mean, we all try to give back what we can, but, but aren't giving the exposure that they can to these up and coming kids. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, that's a, a, that's a valid, uh, point. Now, uh, for what's your advice for someone like me, you know, I'm 46 and I started judo two years ago with 44. Yep. Uh, Judo after 40s, is this something feasible? Is this something that uh, you believe it can be done? Of course, I mean, not, not, not talking about Olympics or anything, but just to yeah. improve, become a black belt and be competitive, you know, do some local tournaments and things like that. It, it, what do you think about uh, Judo after 40s? You know, if you would ask me this pre-retirement, I would have probably laughed, <laughs> and and I know that's something bad to say, but I remember you know going to tournaments and going, man, I, I would I will never fight masters, you know, and and I don't know why I had that thought because now, like I, I can't quit, I love it, you know, and and I like you said I fought the, um, uh, fight to win that was that recently had mm -hmm. that had the different rules and it's it's just ingrained in your system, but for some that's never done it. Um, It, it's it's a wonderful wonderful sport. Uh, the hardest part I think is just learning how to fall, um, yep. and that's why we lose. I think a lot of people to Brazilian Jiu Jitsu and different different uh, martial arts or different sports because it is a little hard on your body. Yeah. Um, but as long as you have a good dojo, good partners, good coaches, um, it's a fantastic way to keep in shape. It's a fantastic way to learn self defense. Um, yeah, I, I think more people should get into it for sure yeah it is uh, interesting because i i actually started judo because i was doing jiu-jitsu first and i was having a hard time on the takedowns and you know we go ibjjf two points on, on the takedown right so i won my two points <laughs> i won my two i don't want to pull guard and i was like i need to learn how to take down and and that's when i joined uh, uh judo because i really wanted to learn how to, to do the takedown And then I fell in love. I just, it's just so beautiful. And honestly, I think it's harder than jujitsu because the curve, the, the, the learning curve is way harder for you to dominate something. Jeez, it takes a lot of work. I agree 100%. And it's, it's boring at first, right? Um, because it's the repetition, right? It's repetition and it's learning how to fall and it's safety, but... Um, and that's why I think a lot of people move away is because they don't spend enough time, you know, and I know we have limited time. We're 40, right? I want to get into it. I want to, <laughs> I want to learn. I want to get, I want to get to throwing people and learn the cool stuff I see on YouTube and write different things. But, um, it, it, a little bit on the basics, man, if you can, if people can spend more time learning how to fall, um, you know, taking care of your partners and understanding that, Hey, we don't got to go full force, right? Mm -hmm. It's not a strength. Judo is not a strength game. It's it's a technique. It's like chess. It's a very finesse game, you know. And if we can all um, kind of learn the, I mean, that's the the basics of judo, right? It's uh, mutual benefit and welfare, and taking care of your partner. And we're both on the same journey. But spending a little bit of time on the boring stuff is going to help you out, you know, on the on the cool stuff. And, and and you said something that is extremely valid. It's not only about force and strength. Technique is so important. Now yep. the problem is many times you see uh, guys that they don't have good technique, so they really go full strength, right? And, and yes, and that's usually when accident happens. It, it does. It does. And you know, I think doing growing up doing judo, it's hard to it's hard to teach that to people or explain that to people, but. I got to be honest, man, um, doing sales, I, I play golf mm. and it's the same thing when I'm golfing and I'm with a good golfer. They're like, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> You're trying to crush the ball. And I'm like, that's all I can do. <laughs> and, and that's what people tell me with judo. Like, Hey man, you know, let's work on your technique. Well, if I can't get it, I just, I, I'd push it. So I, I get it now. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But it's, uh, that's why choosing right partners can also help your longevity because you're not going to get injury you can train more be, yep. be more on the safe side because when i train with my sensei she can basically throw me with minimal effort because her technique is so good that i feel like a, a toy you know 
<laughs> but but you make a good point. It's uh, not only your training partners, but your coaches mm-hmm. and, and your dojos, right? Yeah. Because just like any MMA or Brazilian jiu-jitsu, judo, I don't care what martial arts you're in, if you, you go to a, a dojo that's more built on like a fight atmosphere, you know, it's going to be tougher to learn that type of stuff. Um, and, and guys over 40, like we have a job. Mm-hmm. I can't go to my job with a black eye, <laughs> you know, yeah. and, and a broken broken shoulder. Or, you know, so that is just as important as to find a great place um, with people with the same mindset of, hey, we're all professionals. We got to go to work tomorrow. You know, mm-hmm. let's uh, let's take care of each other and let's learn. Yeah. Yeah. I I really uh, agree with that. The place that I train, you've been there. Uh, that's where we met. Eastside Dojo. They yep. have a great atmosphere there. Everyone take care of each other. That's the that's one of the reasons I moved there. I I usually have to to drive 45 minutes to get there, but it's extremely worth it. You know, just because of the atmosphere. It is. That's a gem for sure. Yeah. Uh, you still train regularly today, uh, Ryan? You know, I try. Um, I have a five and a seven-year-old, so my my uh, priorities have shifted. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I would love to go to judo or Brazilian jiu-jitsu or something every day, but um, unfortunately, uh, it's my time to you know do what my parents did for me. Of course, yeah. So, but do you try? So do you I'm try to hit the gene at least like once a week or twice a week, something like that? I do, yeah. So I have a treadmill behind me that we try to do some workouts at home. But um, yeah, we try to roll at least twice a week. We teach a judo class at a Brazilian jiu-jitsu place now. I Luckily in Colorado Springs, a lot of the ex-judo guys have stayed um, so we can get together and, and all do some judo, do some jiu-jitsu. But yeah, the plan is at least twice a week if I can. No, that's great. Uh, and and because I noticed when, we, when you were uh, teaching uh, that class – and you were Randori, man, you you were in good shape. I mean, you were throwing everyone there. <laughs> I still think I'm 21. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good thing, right? It is, yeah. You don't ever want to get old, man, you know? So, yeah, and, and that's the part I, I've never lost is is I want to go, I want to roll with everybody, you know, because everybody has something to teach you, and, and it's fun. Even if I get thrown, I don't care. It's, it's fun. Yeah, that's the other thing, right? Uh, there are some black belts that they have a big ego and they just don't let people to throw them. And uh, I think that's not beneficial because if you are black belt and you are teaching, you really want your students to execute the movement on you. If you yeah. are not allowing that to happen, what is the point? <laughs> it is. And that's exactly right. And that's, uh, it has its place. I think, you know, when you're a competitive athlete, I get it. It's that mindset of, don't ever give up and, you know, 100% every time. But when you're a coach, when you're on the other side, it's it's not about you. It's not about how good of an athlete you are or were. It's about what you can make your students, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. You, you, you had experience before of, uh, of uh, uh, coaches or other people that were teaching you that you, you felt uh, that way, that you were, you know, big ego? Oh, yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah, definitely. And it's, uh, again, you know, I was kind of taught you take everything, you take whatever you can positive out of each round. So even when I knew those guys were there, I would just try to get something out of it. <laughs> um, that way it's not a round wasted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, one thing that uh, since you started Judo so early, you probably never felt that. But for someone that started late, uh, like I did, uh, sometimes is is still hard. At least in the beginning, it was to differentiate between a good round or someone trying to murder you, right? <laughs> because <laughs> it's like why he's coming to me like he's in a competition, right? So it took a, a, a little time for me to adjust and just understand that that's uh, some people they, they only have one speed. Yeah, and. Some people don't have that control. To, to him, he may not be—he may not think he's going all out, but that may be his speed, you know. Yeah. Um, and that's that's the hard part. Sometimes you're absolutely right. Yeah, and it's it's hard, and I think that this is one of the reasons some people they 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 quit is yep. because they they just got scared. You know, I've I've seen some guys said, "No, man, I'm not gonna come back because the guy tried to murder yeah. me." You know? 
But I, I, it, I, it, it takes some time for, for you to understand that it's not personal. It's just because that person has one speed and one speed only. Right. Well, uh, <laughs> Jitsu now is my professor. His favorite saying is, hey, don't hurt your toys. <laughs> right. Yeah. Because if I hurt my partner, guess what? Judo's it's an it's an individual sport, but I can't train by myself. Mm -hmm. So if I treat my partners like that or on purpose or on accident, it's going to be a pretty tough road for you, <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. When you uh, were talking about recovery, I know that you were pretty healthy throughout your career. After you retire and then you start doing those uh, uh, fight to win, of course, the, the prep for the fight to win was completely different uh, than the ones for the Olympics and everything because you were older. Uh, how was your uh, mindset for for the recovery, now, knowing that this was not your job and you have your own job now, you have your obligations and everything? How did you take this, this whole thing? It was tough. Yeah, you're absolutely right. The, the training wasn't there. Um, actually, I took my first fight to win on a month's notice, not fighting in probably four years. Oh, wow. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, and I had to cut about I don't know 20, 25 pounds, but you know it was the it was actually the first fight to win judo match ever, and he said, "Yeah, I'd love you to be a part of it, Seth." I grew up with him in Dallas and Texas, and uh, so he said, "Yeah, man, we're gonna do it in Denver. I'd love you to be a part of it. It's it's in you know whatever six weeks, eight weeks, or uh, four to six weeks." So I was like, "Well, let's do it," <laughs> you know, yeah. uh, not knowing what I was getting into, <laughs> and. Um, but you're absolutely right. Uh, it, it did make me realize that I didn't do as much of that as I should have when I was an athlete. Mm -hmm. um, as far as, hey, getting massages and taking care of your body and different things, I just did it. Uh, pushed through it and did it, right, and, and made it work. Um, and you can't do that as a 40-year-old <laughs> trying to make a comeback. Um, so that was key, was not as much of the judo or Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu or whatever my training was, um, it was a ton of cardio and a ton, ton, ton of stretching, recovery. What are you, you know, what, what, sure. what are you doing, Randori, every day when you were prepping or not really? I was trying to, but it was with more of Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu guys because they're just our judo wasn't really happening at the moment. Mm -hmm. So I made I called up a few favors and had some guys show up twice a week. And I got two or three rounds in, um, but I was almost relying on the fact that I've done it for so long that you know, hey, you know, I can get my, I can get gripping and I can get uchikomis, um, but it's gonna come back, kind of like riding a bike. <laughs> and it, and <laughs> um, it did come back, right? It did, you know, and and I was kind of lucky. I mean, the first fight to win um, was a very talented guy, um, but he was a Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu black belt and ju ex judo, well not ex, but a judo black belt as well. Um, but with more focus on the Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. So I, I kind of had a leg up on that side, at least with the Judo aspect. Right. Um, so, you know, kind of helped out a bit. And and the rules are Chui Pons to win, right? They are old school rules, which I love because that's, you know, I'm a fireman's and Tegaruba and leg grabs. And, but yeah, two Chui Pons to win, um, 30 seconds on the ground, unless you have a submission on. Um, and one submission wins as well. So. And how did you win that one? Three points? Yeah, two firemen. <laughs> but it was a battle, man. I mean, the guy I fought was still fighting in Bellator. Um, he owns his own gym in Arizona. He was a lot bigger than I was. Um, so it was a battle, man. He, we had a fun time. Uh, he, he put up a good match. We both did. Um, we went off the stage a few times. I mean, it was something that we'd ne I'd never experienced before because judo's kind of that – you know, there's no music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a Saturday morning, you know, and all of a sudden we're on the stage with music and lights and sounds. And, it, dude, it was it hooked me. Oh, yeah, I you're probably it. really pumped. Yeah. And uh, how long was the fight? Seven minutes? Uh, it was seven minutes, yeah. But did you, since it was three points, probably was less than that, right? Yeah, it was about probably about five minutes. You know, it took me a little bit to say, kind of the same thing we were talking about fight not to lose mm -hmm. um you were stiff you know, stiff I, at the beginning and then until you lose yeah. up yeah. yeah brian olsen was there he was coaching me along with eddie and brian said the same about two minutes in he's like dude it's just rondori <laughs> just just have fun you're not it's not the olympics you're right you remember you're here to have fun and i was like oh yeah <laughs> so 
That's awesome, man. It's good. It's good. I mean, I, I bet you that you felt super alive. It, I did. Something I hadn't felt in a long time, um, you know, and it it brought that back, and and that's why I'm super thankful for for Seth and for that whole organization because um, you know it's bringing that aspect of judo back, and especially with no rules, because now more guys are willing to come back post retirement to to go you know, go roll again. Yeah, no, I, I noticed that when you were teaching in our uh, dojo, you were very passionate. So make sure you keep that, man, because I think that uh, we need people like you passionate about with the experience, uh, keep giving back, keep, uh, you know, fighting time to educate others uh, on the art because it's a beautiful art. And, and you have a very unique experience is not everyone that went to the Olympics is not everyone that had that level of exposure. So make sure to, to, to use that. Oh, for sure. Uh, that's something I'll never lose. You know, one of these days I'm going to hit the lottery, you know, that's all I'm going to do. <laughs> <laughs> In the meantime, I got to pay some bills, but yeah, man, I still travel all over doing clinics and, and that's my favorite part, you know, is just meeting people and, and, and helping and, I mean, that's how I got to where I was, yeah. is people giving their time. Yeah. Well, uh, Ryan, thank you very much for your time, taking the time on this uh, Saturday to, to talk about uh, the beautiful art of judo and your uh, amazing career. So I, I truly appreciate it. No, and I appreciate it as well, man. And, and I appreciate what you do because this is um, the questions you're asking, the answers you're getting, the people you're talking to. It, it's it's going to help a lot of people, you know, because like I said, there's not a lot of education or uh, exposure on this type of stuff. So I think a lot of the young, old, any athletes, any, anybody can, can gain a lot from it. So I appreciate you. Absolutely. My friend. So thank you very much. Uh, uh, stay in touch and, uh, good luck on your career. And, uh, I hope you win that lottery so you can dedicate your judo. <laughs> <laughs> I'll share it with you. Buddy. <laughs> All right, friend. <laughs> Thank you everyone for joining the Overcome Podcast. I'll see you again next time.